What's up, you guys? Welcome to the October 15th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to do a little bit of a strategy kind of a pod here. Uh, we have some stuff in the draft guide for strategy, punting, all that stuff. We also did an auction draft. So if you're looking at Audio Boom or Stitcher or iTunes, there's an auction pod, uh, two-part, that we went through. So if, if that's your thing, go ahead and bang it there. Uh, but again, we'll do kind of a, uh, a snake kind of a strategy thing. If you're pretty experienced, I'll admit this probably won't be the most helpful pod you're going to get. But hey, you know, you can kind of... Um, it's always nice to hear what someone else has in mind for fantasy drafts. And yeah, I, I do a million mocks um, pretty much every year. So I, I feel like I got a pretty good idea and just wanted to kind of share my thoughts on how I go through a draft and little things, little tricks, I guess you could say, that I always try to do when I'm going through my draft. Um, so first and foremost, I am always in the proponent, and this is for 8-cat, 9-cat, and I'll talk about some differences for those as well as we go through it. But with me, I go into my draft every time planning to be balanced, and generally you don't want to have a plan but more times than not, it's going to make it a lot easier if you draft everything. So that's, and this is why you'll see in the Roto World rankings and I guess other kind of rankings, they'll see, you'll see more of the across the board guys a little bit higher than the guys who are a little more scoring dependent. So that's, well, I mean, like you see Harden and Westbrook who are going to probably be one and two in scoring. But they're not just scoring. I mean, those guys are going to probably have six, seven boards, maybe more for Westbrook. They're going to have 10 assists. They're going to have probably two steals. I mean, Harden's going to have a, a bunch of threes. He's going to be one or two, probably number one in free throw percentage output. So that, that's a little misleading. But again, these guys like uh, Giannis Tatakumbo is a good example. He's probably not going to be top 15 in scoring, but he's going to probably be a top five, six, seven, eight guy in nine cat leagues because he just does so much uh same with paul Millsap's a perfect example great on defensive stats Draymond green's another example these guys aren't going to be probably top 30 in scoring but they're they're elite for fantasy because they do things like that so in old depot another guy who is really good on steals going to be good on threes he's a pretty good rebounder he's going to have a little bit of assists so that's why you see guys like that going earlier than a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who is really, really scoring dependent. So, you know, I just look at scoring as a bonus. It's, a, it's easier to pick up. You're going to be, in it, especially if you play in um, a daily kind of a league, where the counting stats, you can kind of rack them up. So if there's a, a seven max move per week, you could really kind of piece your points and rebounds together just because there's such an abundance of them on the wire. So, and that's another, to that point, that's why I usually try to draft strong percentages, both of them, because if you have guys that are out, and obviously, we'll kind of keep it neutral, say they're all somewhat equal on percentages, if you're losing one of those two guys, you're not going to get hurt too bad in those categories. So if you keep winning those two categories, and you're in a 9-cat league, you get a start with a 2-0, even though you're hurt. So even if you get destroyed, even like, what well, call it 6-1 six, six in the other counting stats, then... You know, you'll, you'll only lost 6-3, whereas if you are bad at percentages and one of your best guys goes down, you can get housed 8-1s, 9-0, whatever. So it's kind of a good way to raise your floor every week to draft percentages. 
Um, yeah, so, and then again, defensive stats. This is all about kind of stat scarcity. Uh, so I guess we'll kind of hop to that. Or why don't we get to punting? Um, so punting, I, again, do not, I generally don't do it. And I sort of let the draft go to me. I don't go into a draft saying, like, okay, I'm going to punt this thing. And when I, I've actually never done it in the past, I want to say, like, seven, eight years in any kind of a 10-team or a 12-team league, uh, and especially an 8-cat. This is for, for Roto, too. It, it's a it's a big no-no. But if you're in a head-to-head, you could kind of entertain it more. But like I just said, if you're punting percentages, you're giving yourself a loss every week. So injuries and you're more likely to get blown out uh, if you're punting because you're giving up a category. So, yeah, I mean, if you could make it work, go for it. And usually the the most common punt strategy is free throw percentage. And that's because the three or four guys that destroy you are, I mean, they're just so toxic. You can't really overcome it. So that's why you see guys like, um, if, if you're smart, you want if you draft... And we talk about this probably every show. If you draft Dwight, Drummond, DJ, those guys, you're just just punt it all the way down. I mean, if if you're gonna lose the category, lose the category. And I think the stat was if you have Harden, Durant, and DJ. Those three, so the top two guys or top two of three in free throws, and you add the worst guy in there, you drop what would have been upper 80s to 73%, I think it was. I looked this up about a month and a half ago. So you just zapped 20% of the value of those two guys. So don't do it. Again, this is the, if you're going to, if you draft, and you can't, if you draft like a guy like Harden or Westbrook or or Durant, or I think even Kawhi is going to be elite in that category this year, or Towns, a big man who can help you in your blocks and your free throws, you're just zapping value. So, yeah, like, basically if you punt and you draft first round, you are going to want to be looking at, if you have like Giannis, I'd be okay with that. Um, I guess maybe CP3 because he doesn't really help you there. He doesn't have a big volume there. Millsap's not going to help you there much. Obviously, Whiteside... Uh, Cousins won't really help you there much. LeBron's a good example. Yeah, so those are kind of the guys that if, if you don't draft those guys, I think that pretty much takes punting off the table for you for that category. Uh, and then also if you do punt, the nice thing about punting if, in head-to-head is you could kind of get the garbage that people don't want. So people usually won't draft Alfred Payton or or Rajon Rondo because they're going to torpedo your free throws. So you can kind of you know, take the take the unwanted garbage. And the guy that actually is in our 30, 30 man league, he actually pulled it off pretty nice. And this is a thirty team league, so you're not going to win every category just because it's tough. So the more people there are in the league, the more it makes sense to punt. And obviously, too, the more categories. So if you're in a 12, 12 category league, for instance, just whatever, and you only have one free throw percentage category. It's no big deal. What eight percent and change of of the value is based on free throw percentage? Whereas, just hypothetically, say you're playing in percentages only league, um, no one would ever do that. But if you only have two categories, that's fifty percent of the value from one category. So you don't. It makes no sense. So if you play in like a five cat or six cat, seven cat, or even eight cat, like I said, where each category is twelve and a half percent. 
it, it's it's tough and it, yeah it's just just be careful for, with the free throws and if you're gonna if you draft any of those guys uh, go all the way down and then also don't forget if you are gonna punt that category you gotta and you gotta make sure you can fill the other ones because if you're drafting heavy bigs obviously bigs are worse than free throws than smalls are generally you got to make sure you're getting other categories. So if you're big dependent, you got to make sure that your other guys are getting threes, getting assists. Uh, the points are can be tougher to come by if you're getting those guys. Uh, so you just have to make sure that you can get, like, you're going to need a three-point specialist. You're going to need an assist specialist. So that's why making getting Rondo with those guys is a really nice fit. Um, yeah, so just be careful and then make sure, you, again, track everything you can. Uh, other punting strategies, assist is popular, and by the same token, if you're going to punt assists, make sure you're getting other categories. So you're going to make you're going to need a guy who is a three point specialist. You're going to need a guy who's kind of a steal specialist. You're going to need a guy who can score a little bit. So if if you go, like say Millsap and Paul George at the back end of your first round, you can get away with it, and those guys are going to be pretty good in steals too. So. You know, next time it comes around, say you're looking to draft, and there's a, a good three-point guy there. Um, let's see, maybe like uh, D'Angelo Russell would be actually a good pick. He's not going to be great for assists. He could be, but I think he's going to be more helpful for threes. So yeah, uh, just again, just make sure if you're punting, you got to be on it hard. Um, or even like Zach Levine would be a good fit too, a guy who I think his steals are going to go up this year. By the way, with Thibodeau. So the point here is, if you're going to punt something on purpose, don't punt something else by accident. Just these categories that could get tied to drafting the way you're drafting with going bigs and missing out on a bunch of small categories. So again, specialists are huge if you're going to go with the punting strategy. You basically have to draft one specialist for the other categories that that the other guys are also not strong on. Well, that brings us to stat scarcity. So, again, points are everywhere. There are 20 guys who scored 20 points per game last year. So, you you know, like, oh, he scored 20 points a game. It's not that great. Whereas a guy like Hassan Whiteside had 3.7 blocks per game last year, and the next guy was 2.3. So, you're talking about Whiteside, who is basically almost the next two guys. So, if you're drafting that scarce stat, which is by far the most... Uh, the hardest stat to pick up is blocks. You're you're either ahead or behind. So I don't think Whiteside's a must get, but if you're if you get him there, you're putting yourself ahead of the game. And he's also he man, he looks really good right now. By the way, <clears throat> so and that's why you're gonna see guys like Gobert go probably. If you're new to fantasy, you'll see guys like Gobert go a little earlier, or. That's why I like Miles Turner so much. I'm really impressed with his block rate. He had three blocks on Friday, by the way. But, yeah, steals, too. You want to make sure you're going to get one or two, three guys with two steals a game. Um, To that point earlier, only five guys last year had two steals per game. Curry, Rubio, CP3, Lowry, and Westbrook. I don't expect Lowry to hit two steals again, by the way. Uh, And some guys who may climb. Um, Kawhi was down on steals last year. I think he'll be replacing that guy. And then I think Harden's also going to get two steals. Um, uh, Jimmy Butler can get up there with, with the way that they're going to play. I think Oladipo is a threat for two steals. So th- those guys, all those guys I just said, I'm probably higher on than most people be for that reason. Just because steals are a scarce stat. And now that three-pointers used to be kind of sneakier, but now that everyone takes them, 
then they're not quite as scarce. Uh, that said, because there's so many good guys for threes, it's kind of tough to keep up with those elite teams. So it, it's kind of a moot point there um, with drafting threes because there's more of them, but there's more of them for everyone else too. So, yeah. And then also just quickly on turnovers, on punting turnovers. It, and head-to-head, I honestly don't care at all. Um, I go into my head-to-head drafts, and I, I try not to focus on turnovers. If I find myself racking up turnovers over and over and over again, chances are I'm going to be really awesome in assists. I'm going to be pretty good in points. Hopefully, if if the guy's really bad in turnovers, I do want him to be good in percentages. So that's why guys like Alfred Payton, Rondo, those guys can be really, really hurt you. You don't want to have a guy who's bad in three, four categories. You're, you're going to have a tough time overcoming that. Down the line on the scarcity scale, basically blocks, steals, assists can be tough to get. Then I would probably say threes, rebounds, points. Um, there's just a lot of points and a lot of boards. And it, and that's that's kind of why the, the the abundance of boards is kind of why guys like Ennis Cantor, who could be an 18, 19 point per game scorer, uh, it's possible. But he doesn't block shots, and the rebounds will be there too. But you can replace those. It's not that big of a deal. But Cantor's pretty sneaky, actually. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of him. More so than I have been in previous seasons. He's, at least he's doing a little bit. What, 0.4 blocks, I think, last year? That's something, right? Okay, so let's move on. And this is probably the most interesting part of a basketball draft. If you're playing points or if you're playing 8-cat, 9-cat. And that's risk management. Basically, you don't want to be the deeper the league, the more you got to take a risk, right? Because if, if you're in a 30-team league, you need to hit home runs. You you're, you don't want to be the the seventh or eighth best team going into the playoffs. You want to be the first, second, third best team. And the best way to do that, if you're drafting people who know what they're doing, you're going to have to go against the grain a little bit and pick up guys that people are scared of because they're so risky. So if you're picking in the 10, 11, 12 range of your draft, you're going to want to probably, like, whereas if I'm in a, if I'm sitting 10 in a 10-man draft, I'd be, or maybe even 8 would be a better example, and Anthony Davis is sitting there, I may shy away from him, because I know I'm going to be able to get pretty good depth down the line, whereas in a 30-man league, I know I need a stud, so I would be more apt to gamble on a guy like Anthony Davis and his massive risk, so... And that's early on. So the, the deeper, the more more you gamble, and the shallower, the kind of the less I would gamble uh, on those guys for that. And yeah, and generally my risk goes up and up and up and up as every draft goes, for a couple reasons. Your last pick, you're gonna make waiver wire moves. So everyone, you're not gonna go through a league and just keep everyone. So. You want to draft all ceiling late, and I think everyone knows this. You don't care about what the floor is. You want to, if a guy's going to be like 150 all season, rated 150, who cares? You know that's not going to do anything for you. You want a guy who has the potential to be a top 20, 30 player, where things can go his way. So you're going to want to look at guys who have higher usage rates. You're going to want to look at guys who lost players off their teams, and. They're younger, and that I talk about mysterious upside. You want to see a guy who we we don't know what he's going to be yet. So that's why, like, C.J. McCollum was the perfect example last year. We saw what he did. He showed off in the playoffs. He had a couple really nice games late in the season two years ago, and then he broke out. 
Um, Draymond Green, another guy who I kind of called two seasons ago, same thing. Saw him do some things in the playoffs, did a little bit of everything, had a new role. And even before David Lee went down, he was still going to break out. So, yeah, Green is... The, you just want you want again. Mystery is your friend. The later in the draft, earlier in the draft, you kind of you don't want the mystery. You want to take the guys who you know are going to help you out, especially in shallower leagues. Moving on, uh, I like to think of this as need versus want, and that kind of ties into everything here. If you have a quote unquote perfect draft, you're basically getting the guys you want every time, and where your need matches up with your want. So if every time you draft. The position that you want to get and the position you need to get, and they're the same. That's awesome. You, like where you're like, all right, cool. I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll take him. <laughs> Those are the best kinds of drafts. And yeah, uh, I tend, and then also too, like like I was saying earlier, the further down you go on your draft, the the more you're gonna want to be based off need. So in your first five six rounds. I don't even care about one. Like, if I see my team and I've got most bigs, I mean, I may be looking at, like, a tiebreaker for a guard or something like that, but I tend not to let need dictate my draft until late, real, like, really, really late. Um, and you, you can get a feel for it. Like, if you're like, all right, if you're torn between two guys and you have a big, big need, okay, obviously you're going to want to be swayed there. So, yeah, just don't folk, don't overreact on your your needs earlier in your draft, I guess is the point there. I will add though, if you're in an eight cat league, point guards, the the demand is gonna be a lot higher on point guards. So just if you're in a Yahoo league for instance and you're in a smart league, the Yahoo rankings are for nine cats. So be careful. Um, you're gonna want to be a little bit more bullish on the point guards, whereas on ESPN, they're a little bit more point guard friendly because their default's at eight cat. So this is Again, this, you just kind of factor. If you have your ranking set the way they should be, you'll be all right. But just keep that in mind. Don't go off the default rankings, and I'll talk about this in the column that's coming up today. Just make sure you understand what the need is around everyone else. Like I was saying earlier, you want to understand what your owners want. It's all about figuring out demand of everyone. So you want to take the guys that everyone else wants and that you want too. If you like a guy in round eight or nine, but nobody else in your league likes them around eight or nine, don't take them in round three. <laughs> Extreme example there. So yeah, just identifying demand is huge. And the, the more you know about your opponents, the more you can do that. And this is kind of a tricky thing as well and to tie into it is your tiers. You want to have, and this will help dictate what your needs are going to be down the line. So say for instance, you're looking to draft and you really need a power forward. We'll take stat scarcity out of it. So you need a power forward and a point guard. And there's only one or two good power forwards out there, whereas there's four or five point guards out there that are, you know, you'd, you'd put them in the same tier. In that situation, you would want to go more for the power forward there because the chances of a point guard falling to you are a little bit higher. So you can kind of cover both your bases, whereas if chances are, the, you know, there's less likely for a power forward to fall to you. So, yeah, keep that in mind, which brings me to my next point, and that's. Knowing your opponent for both who they are and what they're getting. So say, for instance, you're picking in the fifth round of a 12-team of a draft and you're 11. And same situation, you need a power forward and a point guard. And this time, the person behind you has a glaring need for a point guard. 
you know that guy is going point guard. So, and and again, obviously, the, the further out you are, the more difficult this is to do to protect. So, if the guy behind you needs two point guards, then take the point guard in front of him, right? That's kind of obvious, but more down the line. So, if you're, and you could do this too when you're drafting, it's a lot easier to do online. You know, look at the guys behind you. If you see that two, three teams are short on point guard, then you go point guard right there. It's it's tough. A lot of people don't do that. I know this may sound some easy for some people, but yeah, that's those are kind of the the big tricks. And generally, I try not to draft injured players. Uh, if you have an IR spot, great. But the deeper the league, too, the harder it is to draft injured guys. I mean, this thirty team league. It, it, you just can't plug in a waiver wire guy to hold hold down the fort. I mean, uh, this guy, these guys are drafting Reggie Jackson. You're gonna you're gonna be count like what the the starters are gonna be like 200 picks later. So it's it's gonna be tough. You really got to make sure you fill in the stopgap. Like you would want to hand if you do draft, it makes sense to handcuff. So say you draft Reggie Jackson or you draft Gordon Hayward or any of these guys who are going to miss the first part of the season, you want to get a guy who can help you earlier before the stashing won't hurt you as much. So like Ish Smith, I, you guys know I love Tim Frazier. He's a great guy to fill it up early. I, I would drop him anyway if you don't know what Drew's deal is. So, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. If you have any questions or something I didn't cover, let me know, and I'll either talk about it on the next pod, or I'll obviously hit you up on Twitter too. Uh, I'm going to do probably a bunch of uh, mocks today. I'm writing up the abusing the default rankings thing today. So I'll be around all day doing that, mixing in some, some mocks as well. Should be pretty cool. So you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the football and enjoy the preseason hoops. Take care.